Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches through God's Word. Word of God. Only the Bible is a trustworthy foundation upon which we can build a clear and accurate understanding concerning the person and work of God's Holy Spirit. And in Mark's gospel, Jesus promised that the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit will follow those who believe the gospel. Not just the apostles, not just the first Christians. Someone gives you a gift and the thought in itself was a nice gesture. But if you don't use that gift, you're not fully realizing its value that the giver had intended. In a way, this is how it is with God's Holy Spirit that he gifts to you. Pastor Robert discusses more today about what it means to receive the Holy Spirit. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in the book of Acts, chapter 8, as he continues his message, Receiving the Holy Spirit. C.S. Lewis, by the way, if you want to dig into the subject of the miraculous a little more deeply, if you want to study it, C.S. Lewis wrote a really good book on it. You know, C.S. Lewis, many people only know him for like the Chronicles of Narnia, right? The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, stuff like that. But he was actually quite a, quite a scholar. And though he often would say something to the effect of he was an, a very unqualified theologian, I would disagree um, because he was extremely thoughtful, intelligent, and focused. And he did a wonderful Wonderful book on the subject of miracles. That's the title, Miracles. And he deals with whether or not supernatural miracles are actually in conflict with modern science, if you will. So, for further study. But only the written Word of God, only the Bible is a trustworthy foundation upon which we can build a clear and accurate understanding concerning the person and work of God's Holy Spirit. And in Mark's Gospel, Jesus promised that the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit will follow those who believe the gospel. Not just the apostles, not just the first Christians. So then why don't we see more miracles? Well, I have to kind of throw it out there. I mean, are we really believing? To what degree are we actually believing Jesus and taking him at his word? But going back to our text, Acts chapter 8, this passage that I read to you, point number one, The first thing we need to make note of is that the people of Samaria, the Bible says they believed. Believed what? Well, they believed the message that Philip was preaching. What was he preaching? The gospel. Jesus. The crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
The Messiah has come. That's what he was preaching. They believed it, and therefore, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Philip was apparently convinced that the Holy Spirit had accepted these people, had regenerated these people. In other words, he'd given them life. He'd made them members of the body of Christ. They had responded in faith to the message of the gospel. So Philip acknowledged them as genuine believers in Christ, and he baptized them. Then the apostles heard about it. They were back in Jerusalem still. Remember, the whole church, the Bible says, had scattered because of the persecution except for the apostles. They were still in Jerusalem. So they, they get wind of what's going on in Samaria, and they send Peter and John to follow up on Philip's ministry. And that, that brings us to point number two. The second thing that we need to note is that the Samaritan believers were filled with the Holy Spirit as a separate and distinct event from their salvation experience. It wasn't the same thing. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus because they had believed the gospel. They had professed faith in Christ. Philip baptized them. The apostles hear about it. They send Peter and John down. They prayed. Peter and John prayed for them. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verses 15 to 17, Jesus had promised. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And then after his resurrection, Jesus, again, in Acts 1.8, he promised, he said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, Jesus used three different words in those two promises. He said that the Holy Spirit was already with them. The Greek word that he used there is para, P-A-R-A. And then he said that the Spirit would later be in them. The Greek word there is in, E-N. But then in the promise of power in Acts 1.8, Jesus used the word epi, or the Bible uses the word epi as it expresses what Jesus was saying. The Greek word epi, meaning that the Holy Spirit would come upon them. They'd already been made alive in Christ by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And, and we know that because after the resurrection of Jesus in John chapter 20, verses 21 and 22, we're told, so Jesus said to them again, peace to you, shalom. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this was before Pentecost, this was the moment when they were born again, the moment when they were made alive spiritually by the Holy Spirit. He, he moved in. But again, that filling, that empowerment to be his witnesses, that came later when the Holy Spirit came upon them and began flowing forth from them to impact others through them. So the scriptures clearly speak of three separate and distinct experiences with the Spirit of God. He's with you before your regeneration. He's in you to regenerate you and save you, but he's also willing to come upon you and overflow from you that he might 
empower you to serve as witnesses to Jesus everywhere you go. Jesus promised, John 7, 37 through 39, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke, John says, concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, to illustrate this a little bit, kind of make it personal. See, back when I was still smoking weed and putting methamphetamines up my nose and stuff like that, hanging out in strip clubs, generally living like a pagan, the Holy Spirit was with me. That was a radical epiphany for me when I realized that all those times, I was doing some nasty, crazy stuff, but the Holy Spirit was right there poking me. I remember having a conversation with a girl in a club while I'm drinking Jack Daniels about becoming a missionary. Do you understand? I was far from Jesus, far, far, far from Jesus. There's one song that I really like, you know, because it talks about how far from Jesus and how close to hell we are sometimes. Man, I was so far from Jesus, but the Holy Spirit was with me, drawing me toward Jesus, wooing me, calling me out of that insane life, goading me, as he worded it to Paul, goading me toward Repentance. You know, I've told you guys this story before how, as a brand new Christian, I became totally infatuated with this beautiful Christian girl. I asked her three times to marry me. And all three times, she rejected my proposal of marriage. It's kind of like that with the Spirit of God. He chose me, He began drawing me, He began wooing me, He began calling me, but I kept rejecting Him. I remember one time listening to the radio. And I don't, I don't remember the exact thing, but it's like I turned on the radio and it was some preacher preaching a message of repentance. The Book of Acts is a fascinating look at the church and the first believers and followers of Jesus. It's not the church as you may know it today, the building you're used to attending, or the worship service format you're familiar with. But this early body of believers paints a beautiful picture of deep fellowship, connected community, and sustaining faith, values that are still held by Christians today. As you continue to study this book with Pastor Robert, you'll see how hardship tested these men and women and how they trusted the Lord. You'll also discover how God used them and their testimonies to spread the good news to the world. If you'd like to hear today's teaching again or would like to explore more of Pastor Robert's messages from Main Thing Radio, visit mainthingradio.com today or download our mobile app to listen anytime, anywhere. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just follow the link you'll find at the website. Again, that's mainthingradio.com. We'd love to hear from you too if you have any questions or if you'd like prayer. Give us a call at 305-531-2730. 
That's 305-531-2730. We're so glad you joined us today. Our time with you has come to an end, but be sure to tune in next time to keep learning from the Book of Acts right here on Main Thing Radio, 